How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Jamie Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. I am Jamie Filer. My co-host today is Alex. If you do not know Alex, what are you doing? Uh, they are our communication specialist, I believe is your new, I feel like that's your new official title. Like, of course, you're a TRM leader, but you host the workshop with us. Uh, how would you define your role? What a great question. So I've got like a fit of the giggles. You know, when you just get hit for no apparent reason, that's where I'm at. So here okay. we are. Um, I would describe my role within TRM anyway is, yes, I, I have my own fitness business. I teach mental health fitness, blah, blah, blah. But within the context of TRM, I have a back, well, I have a background in behavioral psychology and exercise psychology that I use and bring to the table to talk about communicating effectively. So I work with the TRM leaders and Matthew one-on-one -on -one to build communication skills, to iron out back-end processes that aren't like Laurent systems processes, but communications processes, how to actually give feedback effectively, receive feedback, uh, learn emotional awareness, triggers, how to handle conflict without wanting to murder each other or quit or fire someone or work through those hard things. That's what I do. Sure. So with that being said, I figured you were the most appropriate person to talk about how to communicate effectively with clients. Because like you said, uh, they can drive us crazy. They can drive us homicidal. But at the end of the day, we love them. We need them. They love us. I guess my first question is, do you have a philosophy on communication? Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, so I was not prepared for that. I don't know about philosophy. I have guiding principles. Um, and all of those guiding principles essentially boil back down to Everything that everyone else does in the world, client or customer or otherwise, is not about us. It's about them. So if someone does something that pisses you off, someone says something that hurts your feelings, that's about something that's going on in their world that's being projected at you. Sure, you might be doing some behaviors that aren't suitable. Maybe there's room for improvement. Great. But ultimately, what they're experiencing is coming from their own perspective, their own experiences. And that has nothing to do with you. Like literally nothing. So if someone is angry that you didn't send them a follow-up email, great. Okay. No problem. Could you have done that better? Sure. But that anger about you not sending a follow-up email actually tells a different story behind the scenes. Are they, do they not feel cared for because they have abandonment trauma? And they like when you're not directly in contact with them all the time, they feel like you no longer care about them. Are they angry because they didn't see progress this week? And so you not sending them an email has really become this landing place of like, if you sent me this email, I would have done better this week, which is not the case. Right. So coming back to your question and my communication philosophy, what keeps me grounded is knowing that end, at the end of the day, I am responsible for my actions and you, client, human, other person are responsible for yours. I love that. So communication principle number one is Don Miguel Ruiz agreement number two, which is don't take anything personally. Totally. Right? Yeah. It all starts from there. I have, uh, when I started my personal training business, I thought because I, I didn't have very many role models. I had Bob Harper and I had Jillian Michaels. I either 
you either communicated as a drill sergeant or you communicated as a cheerleader and there was nothing in between. And honestly, I believe that was the downfall of the show and the reason why so many other uh, people who were on the show ended up gaining weight back because they weren't heard. They were either beaten down or coddled slash enabled and they had no, there, there was nothing to go. There was nowhere to go from there. So the fact that people like you with behavioral science degrees are coming into our space just really brings the personal back to personal trainer. Oh my God. I love that. I couldn't agree more. And this is what sets my heart on fire every morning when I wake up is I've been called a cheerleader as a coach. I've been called like I've never been the military coach. I, that hasn't been my vibe. But what I started doing when I first started that was so different was I teach mental health focused fitness. My whole shtick is like, you are responsible for you. I'm not babysitting you. If you want to work, you will. Which also means that when you show up to do my class, whether you're a coach, a client, doesn't matter. You're going to do the work that you are ready to do. And I am just here to like educate you on the things that you, we do need to give tangible knowledge sure. in a fitness setting. I can give you knowledge of the body. I can give you nutrition advice. I can give you a program. You're going to do that program. If you are ready to, you don't. And if you're doing it only because I'm telling you to, there's a bigger problem there. Why do you need me to validate your experience? You don't. Right. So out of curiosity, what is your, I mean, and you obviously don't have to share specifics or statistics, but do you have a lot of drop off or is there some sort of expectation laid out at the beginning that I will not coddle you? This is what you're in for. Who said, I guess another way of saying that is who sets the expectation when someone comes into your ecosystem, them or you? I do hundred percent. And the expectation literally verbatim goes like this, whether it's a consult call or someone drops me an email and they're like, Hey, I want to work with you. As I'm like, I am not here to sell you anything. I am not here to follow up with you. You are not going to get follow-up emails from me. If you want to work with me, I'm here and I'm ready. You will not hear from me again if you don't, period. Which I know is such a mic drop, right? I can see you're like, wait, what? Because it throws me. Yeah, yeah. Throws what we know about marketing and like follow-up emails out the fucking window. But here's the reality. If someone wants to work with you, they are going to. And if you have to like reel someone in and fucking pull teeth, they're probably going to leave anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like those are the drop-offs that we see. So the expectation that I lay at the door is you are welcome in the door and you are welcome out the door. I am not following you either way. Like, come on in. I'm here. Here's what I can provide. And when you're ready to leave, please do. Because I equally don't want clients to rely on me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Here's yeah. why. Because we think we want like long-term clients. Okay, let's follow that path. Are we all going to be personal trainers in 30 fucking years? I hope not. I have plans. Like, <laughs> yeah. so when someone is like relying on me for their health and well-being, that's actually a problem in my mind. I want my clients to leave me. I want them to graduate. I want them to go away. Not in a friendship setting. I love them to pieces as a human. But if you're showing up every day and I'm your only reason for being there and I have to go, my life changes, my life takes a turn, where does that leave my client? Back to square one. They don't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. So my philosophy with this is like, I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to babysit you. I'm going to educate you and I'm going to help you with the resources I can. When you are ready for that, awesome. I'm here. And when it's no longer for you, I will point you in the direction of whatever your next step is. And it takes a lot of the work off my plate and I have no drop off. 
Like I have like drop off, but it's not actual drop off because when a client graduates, they're like, I'm ready to move on to my next thing. Thank you so much for the work you've done for me. I also know five other people that would be a perfect fit for this. Let me refer them to you. So my clients do my marketing for me. And I, that sounds so weirdly arrogant, but it just is like a hundred percent. That's how it should be. Right. That speaks to your, the quality of what you do. We don't have to use Facebook ads or, or anything. I love that. So you're again, let's say communication philosophy. Number two, teach your clients to fish. Don't give them fish. Right. Uh, one of the speakers at PEC brought up an interesting point regarding longevity of a client or long-term value. He said, raise your hand if you've had someone on your roster for more than a year and they're just not making progress. And a bunch of people put their hand up and he said, which one of you in the relationship is codependent? Oh shit. That's such a great analogy. That's it. Like it's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. What would I ever do without my trainer? I don't know. What do you, what are you doing with your trainer? Okay. So I guess this brings us to how to communicate effectively with clients. How do we have that conversation coming to the end of the life cycle of a client when they don't, when the relationship has gotten stale, but they're still enamored with you, but they're not doing the work or they're not making progress or they've not learned the things. I want to circle back to what you said, which is about codependent relationships, because sure. I think yes. okay. in the fitness industry, historically, we have been trained and raised as coaches to create codependency. It's been our job historically to go, you need me to make your goals a reality. That's the story. When okay. anyone says you need me, you're setting yourself up for a codependent, unhealthy relationship. This is both in terms of like psychological science and therapy and fitness. I'm like bringing psychology in the door here. Spoiler, if you're doing that in your romantic relationships, you may also be in a codependent relationship. Red flag emoji. Yeah. yeah. So right off the bat, if you are either a coach who's going, you need me to make your goals happen, you're only going to attract clients who need you to make their goals happen. So you're going to have to have the hard conversation at the end of it too, which is I no longer need you, but you still need me because it's a breakup. You actually have to go through like a tragic breakup. Whereas when you take on clients where you're going, you don't need me and I don't need you, but if you want me, I'm here. I would like you to. Then at the end of the day, that separation is going to look identical, which is, it seems like we're growing in different directions and I'm ready for my next step. Awesome. It seems like you're growing and ready for your next step. Bye. Bye. And that's it. <laughs> that's the conversation. I like that. So would you say, and I think I know the answer to this, but would you say you change your communication style depending on the type of person that comes into your ecosystem? Because I know that even though your clients all come in for relatively the same reason and with the same understanding and expectation, each individual is still an individual. What a great question. Yeah, I, so yes and no, there are nuanced differences in communication, but Ultimately, I'm me at the end of the day. Like when you as a coach start chameleoning yourself into your clients or how your clients want to be received, that's not effective communication. That's people pleasing. And I don't recommend it for long-term health and well-being. Because when you are changing who you are 
to meet your client's needs, you're not living authentically into yourself. What that actually creates is long-term resentment. You no longer enjoy spending time with that client because you can't be yourself. It leads to those feelings of something's a little bit off here. I don't know if we're really vibing. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around this person. I kind of resent them. They kind of resent me. It feel it doesn't feel organic and it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like a real human connection. So the differences in communication that I have with my client are aligned to their goals, let's say. So some of, I'll give you an example. So some of my clients want to push themselves. That fills their cup. They love a good challenge. They're like, yeah, I want to, I want to squat heavier. I want to move a little bit faster. I want to kind of like see what my body's capable of doing. Other clients are like, I want to lie on the goddamn floor. I have kids. I have a hard job. I need a reminder that I'm just here and I'm allowed to like rest. Awesome. I'm going to give those two people very different coaching, but the coaching still looks like me coaching them, which is, Hey, Susan, I know that you personally want a challenge. If you're looking for a little challenge today, feel free to pick up that heavier dumbbell. You're ready for it. Love it. For Bob, who wants to lie on the floor, I'll be like, Bob, you are crushing those squats. I love that for you. Reminder though, that you don't have to crush it every day. You're welcome to lie on the floor. I just want to remind you of that feedback. And so they both are empowered to like live into their separate goals, but notice how I'm not telling them what to do. I'm guiding them to what they already want to do and just reminding them of it. Yeah. I'm just giving them permission. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I have a, I have a qualifying, I wouldn't call it a question. Nah. Yeah, almost like a mini personality assessment on my intake form. And it's, are you a baker or a cook, right? If you know baking, everything is precise. It's to the exact two decimal places. And it has to be at this degree and not five degrees more. And it has to be for this length of time. Or So some people, some human beings are bakers and some are cooks. Let's go by intuition. Let's go by feel. Let's auto-regulate this. So I think what you're saying as well is a way to communicate effectively is understand how your client needs to be spoken to in terms of those nuances as well, right? Do they like specific instruction or does that overwhelm them? Is it more, hey, by the end of the day, the end of the week, here's what I'd like you to get done. Totally. Like give your clients the coaching they're asking for, not the coaching you think they need. Like, that's okay. It. So what would you do in your, let's say, intake form, or if you were if you were me, what else would you put in that onboarding, whether it's a compatibility call to determine whether they're even whether they're even a good fit or in the intake form once you've determined they were a good fit, to make sure you're serving their needs? Oh my God, I wish I could like screen share my intake form because this would literally answer this question and I can like share that if that's a helpful document after this. My intake form, so I do one of two things or both if it's helpful to my clients. I do an onboarding call that's optional. So if people just want to hop into classes and live their truth, they're welcome to do that. If they want to just fill out a form, they can do that. If they want to talk to me one-on-one, they can do that. If they want to do both, they can do that. And the form and the call are basically the same thing. But if you want to meet me face-to-face, that's what the call is for. And the form is like the intro. It's just a, it's just a Google form. It's nothing fancy. The Google form in that intro at the beginning is like, here is what I'm going to provide for you. This is the community that you're walking into. It's also all over my website. So people are like, they really know what they're getting into. I'm like, this is mental health focused fitness. You will not be told specifically what to do at all. I will never tell you what your body can do and can't do. I am a kinesiologist. I will help you with injuries. But like, 
you will be expected to modify your own workouts to meet your needs. You will be expected to listen to your body. You will be expected to like learn how to rest when you need rest and to push when you want to push. And then the questionnaire is, oh my God, what are your goals? I feel like everyone has the like, what are your goals? What are you looking to get out of this? But like, what is your learning style? How do you like to be coached? What are your coaching triggers? What is your worst fitness experience that you've ever had? What is your best fitness experience you've ever had and why? What kind of music amps you up? What kind of music pisses you off? What like everything? Because the more I know about a person and the more they can tell to me, the more I can personalize their coaching experience period. Like even in just a sentence, I can really personalize that. And people tell me like, oh my God, so much information. People are like, I do not want to be told to like drop and give me 20. I don't like military coaches, but I do like direct feedback. So don't molly coddle me with feedback. Tell me my knees need to be out more in that squat, but don't be like, hey, like if you just push your knees out like a little bit, like nope, direct feedback, but don't be like squat deeper doesn't work. So like a long-winded answer i get a lot of info on my people but that helps me be a better coach and helps me personalize my business better to them they're telling me what to do like that's it so another communication principle would be in order to communicate effectively you have to listen more effectively oh my god 100 percent. i know i'm talking a lot here because this is a podcast but like in my business i listen way more than i talk and my calls are i say maybe three sentences I'm like, tell me your fitness story is question one. That will take up the first 10 to 15 minutes of that call. Yep. What do you want to get out of this? What are you looking for right now? Something to that effect is question two. And what do you need from me in this moment is question three. And if they're like, I think I'd like more information about your classes. I'm like, great. Here's a link. Sign up if you're ready. So easy. Yeah. So easy, right? The door is open for you to come or for you to go. Yeah. And that's yeah. That's so great. If more people just took that approach, I think sales calls would be a lot smoother as well because if you want me, I'm here and there would be no pressure on you, but also no pressure on them to buy, right? And then three hours later, they come back to you and they're like, yeah, you know what? I spoke to my partner, but they really didn't. They just don't, right? Yeah. Totally. There's yeah. a weird balance that I find. This is the struggle I have with my way of doing things is there is nuance. So there's the sales. Uh, I can't remember who said this the first time, but you need to see something seven times before you buy it. Have you heard that? So that's where it's, like, it's important to promote on your stories, on your Instagram, social media, emails, et cetera, et cetera. In the same breath, people also don't like being hassled. This is something I've heard relentlessly from other people who come to me is they're like, I do not want to get bombarded with emails. If you bombard me, I will block you and you will never hear from me again. And I'm like, that's reasonable. I feel the same. When I get like 57 emails from some email marketing chain, I'm annoyed. Like I get personally like upset. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, how much is too much? Like people need to hear about us. Yep. At the same time, once... I feel like once you have a lead, I have no evidence to back this up. I have no data to support this statement. I like just I'm to let you know. Like, we're shooting the shit. But lead, like marketing to get people to know about you. But once they're in your email list, once they've signed up for your newsletter, whatever it is, they should no longer be getting those marketing emails. 
They I know see, about yeah, you. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're fucking in. <laughs> right? right? So when people are like, email marketing is the only way you can like keep your following. So if you've got people on TikTok, got people on Instagram, everyone's like, you need to convert them to an email and then bombard them with emails. I'm like, but why? Like, can we just ask that question? Like, for a yeah. yeah. Like they, they follow you. They know you're there. Send out like, send out value not like a promo on like i send out a weekly newsletter that is literally just a thought blog of like my emotions that week and like how i dealt with them my news i send out this is my only email marketing is a weekly newsletter and my newsletter this past week my I themes of the week in my business was on understanding anger and it was about being pissed off with technology for what for not working how do you cope with anger currently and some ways to deal with anger more effectively and to wish them the best in a week of like year three of the pandemic and to not throw their laptop across the room when Zoom breaks. That was my like marketing letter. That's it. And everyone was like, feedback. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Everyone's like, this resonated so deeply. Oh my God. I'm like, just like, people just want to know who you are as a person. Like, that's, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So, do you find that your, uh, your particular coaching style or your personality resonates with another personality type, whether we're using the Myers-Briggs, whether we're using DISC, whether we're using a Strengths Finder, right? Who do you attract? Who is the easiest for you to communicate effectively with? Great question. Again, like these are wonderful questions, by the way. So if we're going Myers-Briggs or Gallup's Strength Finders Matter, I can rhyme mine all off. I'm an INFJ, Myers-Briggs, which is like the advocate, activist human. I coach like an INFJ, but I resonate. I don't believe in personality types from like a, we only attract one personality type. I believe in communication style interests and like self-awareness ultimately, because I will not be a vibe for anyone, like a fellow INFJ who's really into bodybuilding, but doesn't have like a lick of self-awareness in terms of communication. Like if I'm asking them to open up about their feelings on a Tuesday morning strength class, they're like, I don't care about my emotions right now. I need to like shed fat for this like comp coming up. Great, they're not a vibe for me. Goals wise, we don't align. But I align with a, with a, I align with, I'll just give you concrete examples, people who are like into communication the way I am. If we have the same core values and life philosophies, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what their fitness niche is, we'll connect. Yep. That's, yeah. So how do you tell someone? Because I mean, you've been in the industry over a decade. Yes. All right. So you can be on a call with them and you'll be like, no, 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 no. They say yes, though. They love what you're about. You Do you, do we take them in? I haven't had to say no to someone in a really long time. Um, people, okay. yeah. So the way, equally, the way that my business is set up, because it is so open door and I'm so clear about like what I offer, is I'm not going to attract people that are not into this. Like, yeah, yeah. so I don't even get any connection calls from people that aren't interested in what I'm selling because I'm like, my 
banner on my website is like mental health focused fitness, a safe space for people with bad fitness experiences to practice self-love. That's the banner on my website. Could you be more specific? I think you you win. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, am I yeah. gonna get Joe who's going to like, he's training for the CrossFit Open? No. <laughs> like, I'm not. And like, I don't want Joe either. Joe, hypothetical Joe, I love you. Power yeah. to you. We're not a match. Swipe yeah. left. Like, yeah. we're good. So... The only, the people who come to me, the only reason they're not like coming in the door is typically financial reasons. Like, it's just like, I, I not right now, but let me circle back to you in two months yep. or like they realize they're actually just not that committed to fitness period right now, mm. but it's because of like life stressors. It's been probably three years since I've had to like turn away a client because we weren't a match. And then the way I did that was like, Again, I'm very direct. I'm just like, hey, like you are lovely, but it feels like we have different core values and like fitness alignment. So you're not going to have a good experience with me. You're welcome to try, like feel free, come and do a free trial of my classes. But in terms of one-on-one -on -one sessions, I can refer you to a different coach for one-on-one. -on -one. Feel free to give my classes a try if you'd like. And you decide. Yeah, because if someone does my classes, I teach like virtual group classes. Uh, I'm not interacting with them one-on-one -on -one that much. So if if we have kind of different core values and they're having a great time, they're welcome to stay. It means not, it's no sweat off my back. Um, but all of my one-on-one -on -one clients and I are are friends. Like if we hang out, um, I have a few, all my clients, all of my clients joke that it's like therapy fitness. So we do a workout sure where we're rehabbing injuries, but it's in the same breath. Like, okay, here are the movements you're going to do in the next set. Also, how is your sister doing? I know you guys were in a conflict last week. That's like the dialogue. So yep. if you're not into that, you will not approach me. But if that's not the definition of how to communicate effectively with clients and your, your business model is proof of that, then I don't know what is. Yeah, the analogy that comes to mind when I see a lot of fitness trainers were like more clients, more clients, more clients. I'm like, yes, because paying your bills, making money, sure, like fine. But it feels like you're like putting $20 worth of, I'm Canadian, I apologize to Americans listening to this, $20 worth of like loonies in your pocket and you've got holes at the bottom. So you're like putting 20 in and you're like just seeping out five, six, 10 just yeah. because they don't fit in your pocket. Like, I'm like, okay, why have all those leads, all those people coming in if they're they're most likely not a match anyway? And I think that answer comes down to self-awareness of oneself as a coach. Like I'm I'm a beat that home all day. Great. If you're a bodybuilding coach, wonderful. Bodybuilding it bodybuilding is not a personality type. I'm so sick of my friends who are coaches being like, hey, want to do a workout sometime together? Like, that's our only hangout option. I'm like, we could also just go for a coffee. Do you want to, yeah. like, go for a walk? Like, fitness is not a personality type. It's a hobby. So if you are a coach and your business is a specific brand of, like, fitness, your business is who you are as a person. It's your values. And if you're not living those values in your business, you are going to recruit people that don't align with those values. 
And then it's not going to be a match. And then it's a bad time. So the more time and effort you spend getting to know who you are as a person and then deciding to revolve your business around what your core values are, the more clients you will retain, the more clients you will get along with and enjoy spending time with, the less conflict you'll have and the easier they are to talk to you, the less marketing you have to do. It's so much less work. It's more work up front on yourself. Yeah. But then you're just enjoying your business, which is what I feel like so many of what goodness, which is what I feel so many of us want to achieve while making money versus like, why do we need to spend time with people that we really just don't get along with? Absolutely. Alex, I would have asked you to finish with a gold nugget, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you just dropped a bomb. Uh, my friends go follow Alex at, uh, please let us know your Instagram. Totally. I am. So I'm at ABH underscore movement on Instagram, TikTok, abhmovement.com is my website. God, Facebook, Twitter. If you're interested in some really weird mental health fitness content and you're queer, neurodivergent, autistic, or otherwise, TikTok is the answer. And that is where I can be found. And go sign up for their newsletter if you want a diary entry every week. Oh my God. Yeah. If you want to have your feelings validated every week on Sunday, like if you just want some really validating, like mindset shit. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Alex, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. This was a blast. So much for having me. That was a joy. Jamie, thank you so much. The pleasure is ours. Please, if you like what you heard, please share on Facebook, Instagram. Please continue to subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you are listening to this. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. And until next time, this is the trainer at Trainer Revenue Multiplier. And we appreciate everything you do for us. 